Another reason why you should think twice before engaging your diverse talent for feedback on your inclusion, diversity, and inclusive marketing efforts within the company is that unless they were hired for it, they are likely not the expert in what you're asking them to weigh in on. Just because someone is a member of a specific community doesn't make them an expert on that community. People are individuals, and it is unfair to expect one person to be the voice of a people. Welcome to Inclusion and Marketing, a show that's all about giving you the skill and insights you need to win the attention, adoration, and loyalty of more consumers, especially those with differences that are often ignored by brands. I'm your host, Sonia Thompson, a marketer and someone with a lot of differences. Let's get to it. Okay, I've got another podcast recommendation for you. It's Latinx in Power, hosted by Thaisa Fernandez. It's brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. This podcast features interviews with top-level executives, entrepreneurs, and innovators from Latin America, aiming to demystify the tech industry by providing listeners with insider perspectives and insight from Latin American leaders who have succeeded in their fields. I like listening to this podcast because I like hearing from a broad diversity of voices and hearing from and learning from their experiences. One episode I'm super excited to dive into is the latest one, Lead Generation Journey with Glenville Dixon Jr. Listen to Latinx Empower wherever you get your podcasts. A while back, I got a question from someone on LinkedIn who wanted to know what they could do and or say to get the Black team members on their team to help them recruit more Black talent at the company. My advice to her was, don't ask them. If they aren't a part of human resources or the recruitment team, it really isn't their job to do that. Basically, they are being asked to take on extra work because of their differences, and in this case, those differences are their race, Other employees aren't being asked to take on that task, so it feels odd. This happens when it comes to recruiting, it happens when it comes to internal events, and it also happens on marketing teams as they're working on different campaigns. Whenever there's a brand that gets into hot water for culturally inappropriate or culturally insensitive marketing, generally the thing that is most often said in response is that they should have had or need to hire a diverse team. And while that is absolutely true, hiring a diverse team, reaping the benefits of a diverse team, and building a diverse team where everyone feels like they belong are not the same thing. I'll cover that more in detail in another episode. Now, a big challenge is that oftentimes, in the process of both building a diverse team and working to engage more diverse customers, the tendency is to turn to your diverse talent to get feedback and support in your effort. But this isn't always the right thing to do for a couple of reasons. So let's walk through some. First off, as mentioned, in many instances, people are asking their diverse talent to do things that are not their job. And because it isn't their job, in essence, it's like you're treating them like unpaid consultants. And that's not a role anyone wants, and it definitely isn't something you wanna do to talent that is likely already part of a marginalized community. 
I worked with a client last year that was in the healthcare industry, and they were also working to engage black consumers who had a particular infirmity. There was a black guy who worked in the division, but not in marketing. He was in a completely different functional area. Well, they would often bring him into some of the meetings for this project or ask him to weigh in on discussion guides, and it always felt wrong to me. These marketers were asking someone who was not in marketing to weigh in on marketing things. Why? Because he was black and he had experiences and perspectives that they didn't, but none of what they were asking him to do had anything to do with his already demanding job. I wasn't close to him, so I don't know how he felt about all those asks and invitations, but I could sense his frustration, particularly when he would comment about being added to meetings at the last minute or being sent documents to provide feedback again at the last minute before they were being finalized. Other people often say being put in these types of situation leaves them feeling used. I have a friend that told me a story about how when she did an internship early in her career, a senior executive came and sought her out to get feedback on a marketing campaign. She was really excited about being asked until she realized that it was a campaign that was targeting the black community and they were looking for her feedback as a black person rather than as a marketer. She felt used. Now, if they wanted feedback from Black consumers on the campaign, they could have done market research with that demographic. And of course, people participating in the research would have gotten paid for their feedback, which brings us to another element about asking people to do things that aren't part of their job. Again, I was doing some research, this time with some diverse employees for a client that wanted to work on messaging to help them attract more diverse talent. Now, during one of the interviews, one guy told me that the company had asked him a couple of times to help with recruiting specifically for diverse talent. He told me that while he'd love to see more diverse faces at work, and here's a quote from him, they don't pay me to do that. He wasn't being compensated for recruitment efforts, so he focused his energy on the job he was being paid for. While in this instance, this guy had the confidence and a sufficient level of comfort to be able to say no, that isn't the case for everyone. Because of power dynamics, some people on your team may not feel like they can say no, especially if their boss or someone in leadership is asking them to do a particular task that's outside of the scope of their responsibilities. So they say yes and engage reluctantly, feeling resentful about being involved as they do the work. That's not a good predicament to put anyone in. So it's better to not put your team in this uncomfortable situation. So here's a lesson from this common error. If you're going to ask your team to take on extracurriculars, pay them for it and pay them well. Another reason why you should think twice before engaging your diverse talent for feedback on your inclusion, diversity, and inclusive marketing efforts within the company is that unless they were hired for it, they are likely not the expert in what you're asking them to weigh in on. Just because someone is a member of a specific community doesn't make them an expert on that community. People are individuals and it is unfair to expect one person to be the voice of a people. And when they try, it's easy for mistakes to happen. Lizzie Seedhouse is a digital marketing and content executive. She and I chatted about this topic in an interview last year, and she had some very specific thoughts on this as it related to the LGBTQ community. But her message is applicable on a much broader scale. So like advice for a brand, if you want to engage with the LGBTQ community, like you can't just go to speak to 
the one lesbian that works in the office, right? And think that you have a well-rounded perspective of what that experience looks like, right? Like you have to kind of hit the history books um, and, and get up to date with current affairs and then talk to the, the variety of people right, that identify differently than, than you. I think it's uh, depth of perspective is really important. Depth of perspective is key, especially when you're working on initiatives that you're intending to meet the needs of a group of people. Also, there are a lot of nuances that exist when it comes to diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging-related themes and scenarios. And it's unfair to expect someone to know and understand all those nuances and how they apply at work just because they are a part of that community. Being a member of a community does not make you an expert on that community. <laughs> Here's a kind of related example to illustrate my point. I speak English, it's my first language, but if someone came and asked me to teach them English or to explain certain grammar rules and principles or explain why we say certain things in certain ways, in a lot of instances, I'd be of no help. I'd shrug my shoulders, possibly attempt to answer you and bumble all over the place, all the while wishing you hadn't asked me and had asked someone who actually teaches English, you know, a professional at their craft. So here's what to do. If you wanna get feedback from your diverse talent, ask for feedback about their own lived experiences and observations and stay away from anything that might put them in a position to speak for, make decisions on behalf of, or represent a community as a whole. And when you need expert feedback to advise you on a plan of action, get advice from an actual expert, either a paid employee on your team or a paid external partner. Another downside of leaning on your diverse talent for feedback on inclusion-related initiatives and campaigns is that it could give your broader team an excuse to not develop the cultural intelligence and customer intimacy they need to do their jobs. When brands constantly are leaning on those one or two people on your team, then the rest of the team is less likely to get the knowledge they need to make informed decisions on their own. When I was in college, I was an RA or a resident assistant at my dorm for my second year. I remember very clearly the moms who were dropping off their now freshman kids who were 18 and showing them how to wash their clothes at the dorm. This was their first time showing them how to do this. It's not that the kids didn't have the capacity to wash their own clothes before arriving to college. It's just that they had parents at home who always did it for them. And so they never took the initiative to learn and do it for themselves until their parents doing it for them was no longer an option. It's a similar scenario here. If you keep going to your diverse staff for input and answers, there will be people on your team who won't take the initiative to learn what they need to for themselves. No bueno. Building an inclusive brand and the activities needed to do it effectively is everyone's job, everyone's, not just the job of select few and the diverse people on your team. That means that everyone on the team needs to have training and some element of it tied to their performance objectives. And if your job as a marketer is to engage diverse consumers, then you have to make sure that you make it your business to know what you need to know from a cultural intelligence and customer intimacy standpoint to do your job effectively without having to check in with another person, especially if it isn't their job. So here's the lesson to remember with regard to this point. Give your team the support in terms of resources, time, and training to develop the customer intimacy and intelligence they need 
so they don't have to be reliant on others, in particular diverse talent. And one more reason why leaning on your diverse talent ad hoc to give input, to help you recruit, or other types of tasks isn't the right thing to do is because it shows you're taking a lazy approach to inclusion rather than truly investing in it. In business, when something is important, it is funded. If it isn't properly funded, that's a clear signal that it isn't quite as important as claims may have you to believe. If building an inclusive brand is important to you, then you have to have the funding to hire a diverse team that is reflective of the customers you serve. And if you don't have the ability to add headcount at the moment, that means making available resources to hire or to learn from experts that give you the support you need in areas where you don't have the knowledge or skills just yet to lead and execute on your own. And I feel like this phrase gets mentioned on at least every other episode, but it's super important, so I'm gonna say it again, cultural intelligence. It also means making sure that there's adequate funding to train and support your full team on cultural intelligence and other diversity, inclusion, and belonging principles that will equip them to be better servants to the talent and customers you want to make feel like they belong with you and your brand. To be clear, you don't have to go from crawling to running overnight. That isn't the expectation. Rather, the goal is to make steady progress toward the vision you have for building an inclusive brand that serves a broader number of people. And to accomplish that goal, a transformation needs to take place within your team. And that transformation will no doubt require resources. Make sure you provide them. So here's a lesson for this point. Don't take the Band-Aid approach to building an inclusive brand. Give it the funding and resources it needs that will enable you to have a full team that is equipped to make diverse consumers and talent feel like they belong with you. Okay, so let's talk about when it would be appropriate to ask your diverse team members to support you on your initiatives to help you be more inclusive. We'll get into that right after this quick message. Finding a service solution that helps you better connect with customers and keep them happy can feel impossible. Like trying to remember the name of that guy you just met at a networking event. Was it Ron or could it be Don or John or Sean? Yeah, that kind of impossible. HubSpot's all new service hub can help. Well, with the service solution part, at least. It brings service and success together on one powerful platform for the first time ever. With an AI-powered help desk and an AI chatbot that handles frontline tickets fast. Plus, it comes with a customer success workspace that helps reps anticipate customer needs. In a full 360 view of every customer, so your go-to-market team can keep a pulse on accounts before trying to upsell or cross-sell. Also, you can scale support and drive retention and revenue. And you know what that means. Better service and happier customers at every stage of the journey. Visit HubSpot.com service to do more for your customers today. All right, we're back. So let's dig into when it is appropriate and smart to engage your existing talent in inclusion-related campaigns and projects. First one, and you might have already guessed what I'm going to say, you do it when it's a part of their job. So that may mean they have a particular area of expertise that makes them ideal for being able to provide input in your area of focus. Lived experiences are valuable here as well, but of course that doesn't have to be and should not be the upper limit of the expertise this talent develops on the subject area while they are in the role. 
Make sure what you like them to do is a documented part of what is expected of them to do on a day-to-day basis. The best time to enroll a team member on these expectations of their role is, of course, during the interview and recruitment process. These expectations should be written in the actual job description. Make it clear from the very beginning that their unique perspective is an asset to the team and is needed to accomplish your goals. If you didn't have that conversation and come to that agreement during the recruitment process and you'd like someone on your team to take on a broader role in providing this perspective, talk to them about it. And if they are agreeable to doing it, go ahead and revise their job scope. If that comes with additional responsibilities, adjust their pay to correspond. For instance, do you have someone in your team who speaks Spanish that you want to engage with Spanish-speaking customers in addition to the English-speaking customers they already serve? If they weren't hired with the clear expectation that using their bilingual skills regularly would be a part of the job, and now you want it to be, then adjust their pay and their job description accordingly, especially if they are the only ones who can serve Spanish-speaking customers. Another time where it's acceptable to ask for input and feedback is when you're doing it via your employee resource groups or ERGs. Employee resource groups are voluntary, employee-led groups made up of people who share a particular characteristic such as gender, ethnicity, religious affiliation, sexual orientation, disability, or being a veteran. It's been reported that upwards of 90% of Fortune 500 companies have active ERGs. The groups exist to support its members with networking, career development, and to provide a safe space to talk about work-related challenges, and issues among others who have a similar background or life experience. During my time at Johnson & Johnson, I was an active member of our African-American ERG and even led it at my operating company for a number of years. I also participated from time to time in the group for women. The experience proved valuable for me and gave me audience with senior leaders who I might not have had access to during the course of working in my primary role. Even with all the benefits of being part of the ERGs, I always felt we could have done more, particularly by working with our marketing teams to help reach more diverse customers. More and more, brands are tapping into their ERGs to help them co-create campaigns. Both Spotify and Target, for instance, worked closely with their African-American ERGs to produce Black History Month campaigns customers loved. They helped them with themes for their campaigns, curated music playlists, and selected products by Black creators to feature in the stores. You can work with your teams to help you in your efforts to be more inclusive with your marketing. Start with a simple project and then expand as you learn and gain momentum. So here are a few cautions or watchouts for you as you consider tapping into the expertise of your ERGs. Remember, they may say no. Depending upon the maturity of the group and what their areas of focus are, they may not have capacity to branch out in support of your marketing campaigns. These are volunteer organizations that people are a part of in addition to their jobs. The members may only want to focus the time that they do have to devote to their ERG participation to areas that benefit them directly, such as career development and tapping into that safe space at work. Also remember, just because the people in the group are part of the customer group you want to serve, that doesn't mean they are automatically experts. Just be clear about what you're asking them to do and ensure you're not seeking their feedback on things that are outside their wheelhouse. A safer bet is to get input and feedback based upon their own lived experiences rather than having them speak for their entire community. 
And lastly, if you do work with your company ERGs in this manner, consider making a donation to their operating budget as a means of showing support and appreciation. If the feedback is something you would have had to pay others to do, then it seems only fair to provide compensation in the format of adding to the group's operating budget. That's it for today's episode. If you like this show, I'd love it. I'd love it. I'd love it. If you would take a moment to subscribe to the show and leave a rating and review. And if you feel so inclined, share it with a friend. All of those actions will help more people discover the show. And wouldn't it be fantastic to have more people practicing inclusion? I think so. Also, I want to hear from you. Let's not make this a one-way conversation. If you have a question, a comment, or experience to share, it could be in general about this episode or even a previous one, leave me a voicemail at inclusivemarketing.co slash voicemail. That's inclusivemarketing.co slash voicemail. You just may hear your message on a future show. And of course, I'd love to continue the conversation with you. Join the discussion. I look forward to hearing from you. Until next time, remember, everyone deserves to have a place where they belong. Let's use our individual and collective power to ensure more people feel like they do. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon.